what's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 94 for April 21st, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B, coming to you from New Jersey. What's happening? I took a nap uh, a little while ago, just before this. And I had this, like cra- I had this crazy dream, dude, that we were in, in my dream, we were in this like global worldwide pandemic thing that came out of nowhere. And everybody was forced to stay home. And, but the government still paid everybody. They gave them, you know, uh, uh, extra money so they could, you know, pay their bills and buy food and stuff. But people went out of their minds and were protesting that and going out on the streets with, to government offices with guns and signs spelled wrong, saying that they wanted to go back to work with uh, with jobs that they used to complain about. Isn't that weird? That's a crazy dream, dude. What do you eat before you take a nap? I didn't eat anything. Actually, well, I guess I had breakfast. <laughs> that might be the problem. Maybe you shouldn't be napping on an empty stomach, you know? Uh, Not good, Steve. Not good. Right. How you doing, my friend? How was your week? It doesn't happen. Yeah. Great, dude. Doing well. Everything's good. Very busy. Cool. Very, very busy. Like we talked about in previous episodes, and I want to touch on tonight, 60 songs uh, on that list for that band I was going to play with, which, of course, you know, they still have gigs, but they're low on hold now. Uh-huh. But it gives me time to shed. So I'm like almost 50 songs in, and I've learned them all while exercising on the bike. That is excellent. So I've multitasked, and I'm down 10 pounds, and I'm 50 <laughs> songs deep. So life is good. Wow. You are somebody to be admired and looked up to. And, and, uh, oh, why, thank you, my friend. That's excellent. Uh, I don't believe so, but I'm just excited that I'm able to use the time because it's great because focusing on listening to the songs to learn them, you know, not listening to music to en- enjoy it, right? Like songs you know, and you're just listening to them because you want to hear them, mm-hmm. but actually paying attention to the the songs to learn them, you know, because that's how I learn songs. I don't typically sit down and play them. You know, I just got to listen to them a bunch of times and learn the arrangements, you know? Sure. Because um, I'm just a dumb drummer. You know, I just play. Uh, I, I bang on stuff, you know, so uh, I'm not really a musician per se. Uh, bam, bam. <laughs> but anyway, um, so what's cool about it is that taking, you know, focusing on really listening distracts you from the boredom and the you know pain of, of of riding the bike right sure so it's great because you know um you know the, the miles go by and by and by and you're listening to the songs and you might listen to the same song two or three times you know mm-hmm. so that might be 10 minutes you know and remember i'm only on the bike for 40 to 50 minutes total mm-hmm. so if you think about it in that regard you know i could do a set of songs maybe you know 10 tunes or i could listen to a couple a couple of times it's been real real interesting to see how that's worked and the cumulative effect of like anything you know if you exercise and you can show up every day and stick with it and get into a routine you know it it takes time but you know time goes by so in a month's time hey you start to see results same thing with you know shedding the tunes a month goes by of just listening and listening and listening. And then you go down and listen and you say, wow, it's almost 50 songs that I've, I've gotten through and, and learned, you know, and now I can go back and work on say the background vocals, you know, or other nuances of the songs. But 
interesting how the mind works in that regard because these are songs that I never played before. So that I'm really, you know, some of them I may have heard obscurely, you know, here and there on radio or something, but some I've never heard before. So it's really, truly learning. That right. That's cool. Scratch. Yeah, it's a whole different way of listening to music because of the mentality uh, that you're going in with. You're not going in with, like you said at the top there, you're not going in to listen to enjoy it. You're going in to listen to learn. And it's a whole different, it's a whole different point of view and and wires your brain in a particular way. Um, yeah. And li- like I, you didn't use the word, but um, you're really practicing visualization there, which is a very good thing to practice for anybody for anything, but especially playing music. Um, you know, you want to w- when you're listening to the tune, you want to visualize yourself playing it. So that kind of puts you, it's a very law of attraction thing, puts you in that spot. So when the time comes where you actually are playing it, you feel like you've already done it a hundred times or however many times you've listened to the song. Yeah, almost like muscle, mental muscle memory. Right. Good stuff, man. Way to start the show. Yeah, kicking it off, brother, kicking it off. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I, I, uh, my butt hurts, but other than that, (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. Sounds like it would be an issue. Chong said mushrooms. He said, uh, when I was talking about the dream, uh, and you said, what do I eat before I go to sleep? Chong said mushrooms. Meaning that I was tripping in my sleep. Or dining on fungus. Right. I think he was leaning more towards the tripping, because well, that was which, a trippy uh, dream. huh? That, that's pretty trippy, man. Yeah. Like people with guns, like they used to complain about the jobs, are now trying to tell people... Uh, tell the government that they they want to go back to work instead of sitting home and eating potato chips and getting paid for doing that. Yeah, imagine that. Well, you know, like I said, Weird. everyone's experience on quarantine, staying home is different, you know, for sure, you know, from one it's, to the next, no only, doubt. It's only been a month or five weeks maybe. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine if it was years, years of having to do that? But just imagine if you had a plan and you stuck to it, how yes. much you could accomplish. Agreed. You know, uh, on any front, you know. Good luck whether... getting people like that to do stuff like that. You never, it's, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, you know, like going out to protest, you know, with, with guns and, and rallies and stuff, you know, as opposed to something a little bit more productive, you know, or positive in a way that you, you know, have some kind of lasting effects from it, you know. Right. All good, yeah. You know, teach their own. Everyone yeah. has a different sp- spiel on it, but you know, you want to come out the other side of this better than you were going in. Well, you, you do. You hope I do. that you know everyone can try to embrace that. It would be nice if everybody did. What a wonderful world it would be if everybody did. Yeah, I think that you know some people will be changed for the better, you know, and some people will be unchanged and just the same as they were, you know. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yes. Um, so four years ago today, Prince died. That was four years ago. It's been four years already. Yeah. Can you? That's I, what I mean, dude. Like time goes, man. It just goes. Twenty sixteen. It was before we even started doing this. Thing. Yeah. Uh, it really does, man. I mean, I when I because I do the, every day on CBC, I post a quote from somebody whose anniversary it is of their death, or if it's their birthday or anniversary or whatever if it's her birthday um 
and I was uh, going through it uh, a few days ago, and I, I write my list down, and I was like, Prince, four years? What? Four years? No, it can't be four years. Yeah, it's four years. Four years. He was 57, so he would have been 61 today. Or no, this, today's not his birthday. But no, no, birthday, but this year at some point. This year at some point, he would have been 61. Um, and it's definitely later this year. So how about that, huh? Time goes so four years. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that went fast, you know. Yeah, but it does go like you said very quickly. So you know, the time it, it's like you said, try to develop some good habits, regardless of what they are. You know, or you know, pursue things that you're passionate about, whether it be a business, you know, an idea, um, you, you know, music, practicing. Uh, you know, to just anything, you know, pick something that you don't like that you do and, 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 you know, spend the next month, stop doing it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the people that would do things like that, Tony, uh, are the people that did it right away. As soon as this thing started, I, I think people, I think there's a lot of people that hit the ground running with this when they came out, when, when we knew yeah. we were going to be uh, quarantined for a while. And like people like yourself and people like me and, and uh, other people that saw it as an opportunity. And, and now the people that didn't, it's hard to break them out of whatever their funk they're in now because that's what, that's what they're used to, that doing anyway. Right. Yes. So, it's, yeah. so I could see how psychologically this, this screws with people who are home and just like, and all they're doing is watching TV or all they're doing is sleeping or all they're doing is eating. And they're not; they haven't picked up any new skill or tr or tried to expand on whatever the something they had started building already in their life. Um, so those, and it seems to me like those are the people that are are pissed. You know, like no, I want to go back to work, but it's their own damn fault that they they not taken any initiative with their own lives. Because what if, you know, hypothetically, what if? things don't go back to normal or what if like they're saying today and like what happened with Spanish flu a hundred years ago and we have a second wave that's worse what are you gonna do then you people so or, right you know you, you you have to make a decision you have to take responsibility for your own lives everybody does you can't rely on anybody all the time but yourself because you're the only one you're with all the time and that's right. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and that's a tough. That's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. Taking responsibility for themselves, it really is, because people love to blame. It's but maybe just maybe people will start to look within and and actually like themselves where maybe they didn't before. I hope so, and I think you're right. I think somebody will. Some people will. The the people that were are are prone to do like that inclined to do something like that anyway in life it, but just in little pockets of it now they have a bigger pocket to uh, to to kind of roam around in and i've seen that i've i've definitely seen that in people's comments on facebook and what they're doing um and people that i had known before this obviously and seeing how they're handling it it's it really runs the gamut but it's well it, i think so cool from last week when you said um that you work better under pressure you know like I do. in the you know and i found this little quote blurb it says uh the essence of motivation is based on that every choice has a price 
When we are motivated, it is easier to bear the inconvenience of action than the pain of remaining the same. Somehow we cross a mental threshold. Usually after weeks of procrastination and in the face of an impending deadline, and it becomes more painful to not do the work than to actually do it. That makes sense. So imagine if you could cross that bridge without an impending deadline, right? Or having to have the, um, you know, the, the, the deadline for the motivation, you know? And then I found another thing that said, if we are facing in the right direction, all we have to do is keep on walking. Right. It's good. You know? Yeah. And, very good. You know, and same thing with habits, right? It's a pregame routine. It's a reminder, a routine, and a reward. The three R's of habit formation. Which I thought was pretty interesting. And another thing I thought was pretty interesting is how usually on wisdom, you know, for the past, you know, many, many, 90 episodes to call it, you're very busy gigging and, you know, five nights a week and you have all kinds of insights and, 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 you know, um, activity going on and you know i i really haven't been gigging that much but since this whole quarantine thing i have been playing more music than i have like in the past year between learning those tunes shedding a bunch of rush tunes jam with cole uh cole wrote you know my youngest son wrote a bunch of original music that i've been laying down tracks to and helping him arrange and we've been working on it almost every day so it definitely uh you know, I'm more engaged in music in the past 30 days or six weeks, we'll say, than in the past six months, and it's great. That's yeah, because in your situation, the the big advantage for you is that you don't have to commute. You don't have to get in your car and go to work and then commute right. home. So you're home, you know, and that's and you can still be productive with work and also be productive with all these other things. So. Um, it's almost like a perfect storm, and I'm grateful for it. It's a blessing yeah. you know, that I have those two hours I don't have to be in the car. I could be at home making music. That gratitude thing, man, it's so powerful, and it, it, people just like kind of are flipping about it. Um, you know, even just even people with really good intentions say, you know, make sure you're grateful for everything, and people say, oh yeah, you know, and they and they think they get it, but. You don't really, really get it until you really do it. Until you really, really own that. Like, it has to start with owning responsibility for your life, for everything in your life. Every single little thing that you complain about, you're responsible for. When you do that, and people be, people get offended by that or, or, or defensive about things like that, saying things like that because they, they'll try to place blame. They're, they're when you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. They feel more comfortable placing blame. It's it's the weather's fault. You know, it's my boss's fault. It's this my ex-girlfriend's fault. Whatever. It, it's it's so people are so accustomed to that in in everyday language. You know, and people are so accepting of that. But it really, if you can change that in your head, how, how and take responsibility for everything. The weather. Take responsibility for it. That you created it. 
you know, everything in your life. Take a look around. The good, the bad, everything in between. Um, once you do that, and then you then you change your thought to being grateful for all of those things, including the bad, the bad, the good, everything in between. Just be like, and you can do those two things in an instant. You know, it doesn't take any time, really. It's just a switch. And once you do that, and then just like any learning any instrument, you practice. You practice it every day. You do it every day, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm, you know, and I'm saying this no, in, coming from a place of knowing that this is true, but I still falter, you know, just as much as anybody, I suppose, where I forget. But it's as soon as I remember, then I'm like, I'm right back in that space where it's ah yes, you know, and, and then things turn out well for you. Things go. You're you're working in harmony with with life rather than working against life or, or uh, uh, yeah. I know you want to and say I something. Think the key to what you're saying too is it has to be genuine. It has right? to I mean, be genuine. you have to yes. genuinely be grateful. Yeah, you, you can't know, you fool like, the universe. Oh yeah, I'm so thankful for this and that. You know. Yeah, you can't you can't fool the universe. You have to be, you have to mean it. You know, you can't trick people. Exactly. You can't lie to creation. <laughs> you know, come on. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it that way. Um, yeah, it has to be sincere, like you said, and 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 truthful and, and genuine. You know, and there's no there's no way around that. Like you said, there's no disguising that. You know, and I still need to get better at it, and I and I, I still need to to intent be intentional with being grateful. I I started, you know, a few years ago. I was reading this book, and it's ba just basically about gratitude practice and every day you would kind of write uh, physically write things down that you were grateful for and you know at first it's easy because you, you pick the obvious things but then w as you go that's when it starts to get harder and you have to and you sit and you look around like what am, am i really grateful for this carpet i mean this carpet with the stain right there and it's like you know am i really grateful for it you know so you have to kind of tune into that and it takes it does take work it takes practice just like anything else that you have to get good at um you got to keep doing it and the more you do it the better you get just like anything else um but i need to get better at it too i need to make a be intentional with it and that's the tough part it's, but you've talked about it many times about getting into the habit of something once you get into the habit of it you don't have to think about it anymore and right you just do it and and then it builds that strength without you realizing it's building the strength, just like you're talking about. You're exercising, you're listening to music, you're building the strength of knowing these songs, you're visualizing yourself playing it, and then, you know, you're, you're strengthening this thing so when you're actually going to be physically doing it in the situation that you envision, you've already been there a hundred times. You can do it easily. And and your your vibration is higher, you're lighter, and you're having more fun, and you're really enjoying life. So kudos to you my friend for that ah thanks dude and yeah and i'm just now starting to really see the rewards of that effort you know what i mean and it, and it's, it's good like i said it's it's hard to get started with anything you know but if you just show up every day and, and keep doing it and you can make it a habit you know you start to really see you know exponential benefits beyond just you know Beyond just say learning songs, right? Mm -hmm. Not only have you added those songs to your catalog, 
and you now know them, but you've now listened to, in my instance here, you know, probably in those 50 songs, because um, some of them by the same artist, but you're listening between, you know, 45 and 50 different drummers, right? And different songwriters and different arrangements of songs right. and different way that, you know, people are approaching the music, you know, and, and the content uh, of the lyrics and, you know, the funniness of some of it. Like one of those songs is um, Randy Newman, It's Money That Matters. You ever hear that song? No, I don't think so. It's, it's an 80s song and it was real popular back in the 80s, you know what I mean? But it's all about like the whole story he's saying like, um, you know, it's money that matters, right? In the U.S. of A., it's money that matters, you know, each and every day. And it, what he's and the, the lyrics are all around like he says like when he was a kid, him and his friend were washing this guy's car. And the dude came out and he was this short little fat guy, and he had like his orange jumpsuit on. And he said to the guy like, "Man, you sure look funny." And the guy said, "Yeah, I think I look funny too." But see my house? I got a big, nice, beautiful blonde model wife inside. You know, I have a pool out back with another pool, you know, empty right next to it just because I can. You know, like it was just like stupid stuff like that. But it was. You know, that's just one topic. And then, you you know, when you listen to all these songs and you there's 50 different stories behind it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 cool in that regard, you know, that you, you, you get 50 different insights into 50 different people's headspace of what they were thinking about when they wrote those songs. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. It's like reading 50 different books, too. Yeah. 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 Putting that information and, and in different the artists. And like you said, the different. uh not only musicians, but like you said, lyrically, like what are the, what are the songs actually about? You know, what do they what do they mean? What are they about? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I've I so much prefer listening to music over everything else in life. Listening to music and or playing it. Oh yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I'm blessed with you know I, I listen to you know mandatory now every day. I listen to you know almost an hour of music. That's you cool. know, minimum. Yeah, I pretty much do too. Just because that's what I like to do. It's my habit of... Yeah, and you have 50 Alexas all around your house in every room, <laughs> yeah. bathroom, you know, just music playing it all the time everywhere. You know, you open up a cabinet, there's music coming out of it. It's cool. <laughs> right. That's a you good idea, man. I should put them in the cabinets. <laughs> yeah. You open up your sock drawer, there's music blasting out. You know, it's cool. Brushing your teeth, you open this cabinet, there's music blasting out of that. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot I even had that, that 37th Alexa that I bought. They gotta make them smaller, like like uh, little little tiny ones, <laughs> yeah. so you can put them like yeah, put them up in the corners of your the uh, the ceiling. All over the place, like in your coffee mug in the morning. You're like, oh, I almost <laughs> poured coffee in this mug. I forgot to take my speaker out. Hang on a minute. The coffee mug. Uh, <laughs> your coffee mug. You're like, oh man, yeah. almost ruined my speaker. Yeah, the refrigerator, the freezer. <laughs> refrigerator over your refrigerator, get the butter out. You're like, oh man, I forgot about the speaker. I gotta take that out of there. Well, you just open the refrigerator and you hear just a blast of music. Like, yeah, just like going oh, no, You're like, whoa, gotta lower just, that one a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I uh, um, I did something in, that was really interesting this weekend, and it really, I you know, there's always something. The universe is so amazing. Where it's like, if you're a little off off track, it'll it'll hand you something to just put you back. And, and with very little effort on your own, but I I got a, a text on I want to say it was Friday from my friend Mike in Jersey, who's who's was in a band with me called Exire back in the '80s, and I talked about it last year when I went to 
New Jersey, and I went to uh, the show at the Capitol Theater, which was a, a, a tribute to my friend Neil Casal, who passed away. Yes. Yes. Last uh, last year, passed away. I think it was in August, uh, uh, by his own doing, and um, it was a, a a very sad thing that happened. He had a, a very prolific career, um, and he was a hell of a nice guy, and. Uh, I was invited to go to the show and, and the guy who, who ran it told the story of how he met Neil through me. I was the one that introduced the two of them and uh, it was just a great overall experience. Um, so I got a text Friday from Mike, uh, who was in the band saying that Gary, this guy who ran this whole thing, uh, wanted to know if we could all do a zoom meeting with this other guy named Sam who was writing a book about Neil. And he just wanted to, uh, this guy wanted to interview us, basically. So I, I was like, you know, as soon as I got the text, I'm like, I'm in. Absolutely. So that was Sunday. Yeah. We did it on Sunday. And it was uh, shortly after I woke up. It was uh, early afternoon. I was, you know, sometimes I sleep. So I usually wake up early and then go back to sleep for a little bit and whatever. But it was... Uh, um, it was a really great, great experience. We did about an hour and a half, I think, on Zoom. And Mike and Dave, you know, the guys that were in the band, I don't get to talk to them a lot. I did see them last year when I was there. Uh, but it's a whole different dynamic, hanging out with somebody in, in public, in a bar, in a loud club, whatever, as opposed to talking on Zoom, where you can see each other, you can hear each other. And on the Zoom call was this guy, Gary, and, and the, the writer. And he's from Denver, and uh, I'd never heard of him before, he, but he's followed Neil's career for like 15 years, and um, he's also written some other stuff. I don't even know his last name, so i got to find out. But he's writing this whole book. Um, so Gary, we started it with Gary asking questions to us because he knows us already. And then he, the writer Sam took over and asked us a bunch of questions, and it was just really, it was really a great experience, recalling all that stuff and talking about the memories and and hearing other memories from the these guys and hearing things that I didn't even know and laughing. We were, you know, we 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 really kind of swam in the whole joy of knowing each other and knowing Neil and 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 music in general. Um, so what a great experience that was for me. Um, and I'm really looking forward to very cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this guy's book because mm. he's going to go all, all along Neil's career and, and interview everybody. So it's like Ricky Medlock from now Skinner, but it was Blackfoot back then. He was in, and uh, you know Chris Robbins Brotherhood and all that. So uh, pretty cool. But uh, we were talking about. Uh, um, the old shows like it, it, one of Gary's questions was because I wasn't in the band in the beginning but when I joined the band one of Gary's questions was uh, so how did you get in the band and what was you know what was the first gig like and at that moment as I was telling the story I remembered that I have a videotape of that first gig and also uh, you know like a little interview kind of goofing around backstage on that tape before the show and I I know I still have it you know, so I'm like, 
talking about it and talking about it with these guys and and I'm like man I really need to make this digital and and cuz I I I've, I've thought about that I've toyed it with that idea of making my videotapes digital in the past but I always think like ah oh, it's going to be difficult oh, I don't know how to do it uh I don't have the right equipment blah 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 um but I was really getting into it and and they w all those guys were like yeah we need to see that we need to see that so as soon as this call was done I did something that I was talking about either last week with you or two weeks ago about ripping my closet apart and just like kind of going in and organizing things and getting rid of things I don't need. So I found my box of vi uh, videotapes and I have a VCR here. I have, it was, it's a VCR DVD combo thing that was my mom's, but I have it here. Oh, cool. So I dug into that box and I was looking for that. I'm like, I gotta find that tape. It's gotta be here. And it didn't take long. I, I emptied the whole box, but it didn't take long for me to find it. And I hooked up the VCR to the TV and uh, and started watching it. And just, I mean, just instant memories of I'm there again. I mean, we're talking 1986. So 34 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it's great. And I can like I'm looking at myself in that and I'm so young, man. I look so young in that. And uh, I watched that. I watched a little bit of it and then I kind of uh videotaped a little bit of it with my my phone and sent it to Gary and sent it to the guys and said, "Here, I found it. Here's, you know, here's a little clip of it." And they were all like super excited. So, that's one of the project that I'm going to be doing is is transferring that tape uh Onto, into digital and I found I did research on it. it's not hard you just got to find the right cables and get the software and boom you're done get it done right right yeah but uh, you know I'm always amazing to me like at the time when you're doing that or videotaping that or you know putting on this production like you said doing a little interview and stuff at the time you know you're you're documenting it and, and you're doing it and you know maybe over the years you know a couple of years later or immediately after, you know, you're watching it back and it's like, oh, this is cool, you know. But then, like you said, then it gets forgotten about. It gets archived. And then you go back, you know, 34 years later and find it and watch it. And you're like, it brings you right back to that moment. And you remember it as vividly as it was, you know, when it happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I, which is really cool. Yeah, it really is. I, and I, uh, I was going – I have still, like, the stack sitting on my – on a table in that room now of, of tapes that are not labeled. So I was like, ah, I got to go through all these and f find, find some other stuff. But I found some other gems. I found um, a videotape of me playing with a band called Bad Habit, which later became Mad Rabbit, at the Fireside Halloween. I don't know if it was exactly Halloween night, um, but it was the Halloween celebration night uh, in 1999. So 22, 21 years ago. And I watched, I watched, I have the whole show and I watched the whole show. I sat there and just watched the whole show of me playing in this band 21 years ago. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, cool. it's, it's, it's grainy-ish, you know, because it's a videotape on, on a big digital TV that, that we didn't have back then 21 years ago, the, these size TVs and the HD and everything. But still clear enough to enjoy it. And the sound quality is real good so yeah yeah so I, I i watched that and i i taped some of that too from my phone and sent it to i started a text uh thread with all the guys that were on that stage and and 
I videotaped a couple clips of it and sent it to them, and they were all excited about it. So, so I'm going to transfer that one too. I'm I'm psyched about that, and uh, I know there's other ones. There's one in particular of Exire that I got to find, and I don't know where it is. I know it's it it's not in that box, so I think it's going to be in another box somewhere. So I ha- I'm still kind of in the middle of ripping my closet apart trying to find that that one thing. I need to find it, so I'll take everything apart just to find that tape. But you have it, so it's somewhere. Mm. For sure. And then I have these micro video tapes that I was, I had a camera, video camera that I was uh, taping a lot of shows with back in the mid 2000s. Um, so, so like around the time I knew you, uh, I was playing with you, but I don't know if I taped any outskirt shows. I don't, I might have. I don't, I don't think I did though. But I have a ton I, of these. Yeah, I have some outskirt. I have, I think I have Chambo's Party. That we played, right? You're one saying year. that, yeah. Um, but I don't have You're any. Not... I don't have any way to play these tapes because that camera is long gone. So I need to find a way. Oh, to those you're things. talking about like a mini VHS tape. It's like smaller than a cassette, but it's thick. It's th- I know what you're talking. About. It was like VHSC or something. Yeah, no, these aren't VHSC. These are like micro, micro, somethings, micro. Like an answering machine, like an old answering machine tape. Yeah, they're that small. Yeah. Oh wow! I don't remember what the name of them is, but but I got to find a way to play those too because I have, I'm sure I have a ton of gems on there because I know I taped a lot of stuff. I used to set up the yeah, the tripod sure. and just you know put the camera on the tripod and just let it roll while we were playing. And I I was doing it at every show and everybody I was playing with at the time, so I got have some good stuff on there. And uh, there was one other one I found. I I was playing with Brian Tishy. Me and him and Jeff, it was a, a, it was a Monday night. I remember it vividly, vividly. It was a Monday night. We were all sitting around, and uh, we, we found out there was this open mic at this place, Rusty Nail, on 46 in Parsippany, and we were like, let's go, and we went down and, uh, and jammed a bunch of songs, and I have that on tape, and I watched that whole thing. And there's only about six songs, I think, that we got before the battery died. I remember that happening, too. Uh, but still real cool, and that's uh, had to be in in the nineties. That's some, yeah, it was definitely in the nineties. I don't know what year it was though, but uh, twenty twenty plus years ago, twenty five years ago maybe. And uh, you know what? And I'm I'm my biggest critic too. Watching myself back, and I'm watching myself back playing that and playing even in Exire from you know from eighty six. I'm watching myself play, and I'm like, huh, I'm pretty good. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hard on myself, but I watch myself back. I'm like, huh, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty good. You, you know, what I thought it was interesting too when you were saying about like the memories, you know, and it takes you right back there again. Like I remember recording the first Eye of the Storm album in 1989, you know, and just last week, uh, my friend Craig, who I played in the band with, you know, who we're doing the Rush jams with, he emailed me like. um mp3 digital rips that he did back off of that tape like a half inch to dat you know mixed down right of of the of the two inch tape you know because back then it was all cassettes you know there was no cds right so you you burned your two inch you did your mix and then you put it to a half inch tape to get stereo then he dumped it into dat and then he made mp3s out of it but long story short listening back to those songs like some of the first songs original songs i ever wrote like 1988 and like you're saying you know it's it's uh you know, thirty over thirty years ago, the the crazy thing is like 
listening back to the songs, like there's there, there's exact like if I had to sit down and play it right now after not hearing it 30 years, I could, you know what I mean? Because it was that ingrained at the time from rehearsing it and shedding it and then recording it. And then after the album was done, like listening to it every day for like a year, you know, and going to these record release parties and like pimping it to everyone you knew and, you know, sending it out and listening to it all the time in the car and like wearing out tapes and having to put another tape in. Cause the other one was like garbled and stuff. It's just it leaves such an imprint on you, you know, and it's just it's, it's amazing. And and they even remember like, oh, I remember we punched in that part, you know, that was an overdub, that one little last part there, you know. It's like things you remember that stick out in your mind, you know, that that it, like I said, it leaves an imprint, you know, that it's, that you can't erase. And it's just interesting how your mind stores that somewhere, you know. But when it comes back, almost like, um, you know, years ago I saw um, a Bronx Tale. Right, it was Chaz Palminteri. It was on Broadway. Someone gave me tickets, and we went. Me and Karen went with a friend of mine, and his wife, and it was just a one-man show. It was just Chaz Palminteri, you know. And we got there. It was like, well, what, you know, really? Like this is a little googie, you know. But it was so good, and I'll never forget the thing he said. You know, in the, you know, in the play, he said, "Think about like, you know." Like you can smell the aroma of your mother cooking meatballs through the window while you're outside throwing a pinky ball against the stairs, pinky and it takes, and it takes you right back to that very place. How a smell, you know, can do that. Like you smell a certain thing, or you hear a certain thing, or there's certain things that trigger things in your mind that unlock that that doorway, you know, and you're right there. Like you're right back, you know, 50 years ago, you know, in his case, you know, yeah, to, to when you were a kid. It comes through the senses and goes right to the brain. Yeah, smells, wild. Smells are powerful, it, especially ones that you have uh, t- uh, tied uh, very good memories to a, a certain odor. Uh, or like I'm smelling a glass of scotch right now, and man, it's delicious. Are you? I have a. I'm smelling myself because I haven't taken a shower in a couple of days. <laughs> I wish I had drumsticks when I have these. Yeah. No, scotch is better for this moment. Um, Indeed, it is. But yeah, it's, it's just interesting how you can smell something and and it will trigger that memory, you know, to take you right back to to where it was, you know. Yeah. Songs too do that. Music does that. Yeah, any right. song that comes. So, that's one of the reasons I love listening to shuffle, you know, random songs on my uh, my Echo units because it it will do that. You know, a song will come on from twenty years ago or whatever, and I'll remember the feelings I was feeling during that time when that song meant something to me. Um, that happens a lot, you know. It, it's like you're bouncing around time listening to music you know it's bouncing around my life um times of my life and certain ones that have more power than others you know the ones they are and they come oh up. yeah for sure and like you said there's just certain tunes that bring you back to, to, to different times in your life too you know and you recall yeah. different things that were going on at that time you know yeah. the feelings you were feeling at that time and you can recall other senses obviously you can visualize things you can kind of see things that you remember from that time 
and but also the even the smells like if you try to think of a smell you know you can't smell it you, you still kind of if you get into it you could still kind of get the sensation you would get uh from smelling it you know you know it's interesting too if you think back to like a particular place and how it smelled yes. you can almost smell it that yeah. makes sense yeah like i could smell the crazy corner right now if i wanted to right exactly. <laughs> like i know what it smells like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah you know or like when you were a kid and your parents ever had like a movie screen you know what i mean like a you know, like eight millimeter like a movie screen one of the, like a tripod and you unfold it like and it had a little clip at the top yeah, you know and it was a sure. screen a projector yeah, yeah. and when we were kids you used to run up and smell the movie screen you know like you never forget what that smells like i never did that that's weird Oh, you missed out on a smell, lot, dude. Smell the movie screen. What is you that? Out. I I probably did it. I don't remember. I don't remember it. Smelling. Then the you movie didn't screen. do it because you clearly remember it. That you was know, the you know those little caramel candies with the sugar in the middle. It's like a brown. It's in a. It's in a clear wrapper. It's a round, like um, light brown colored. Like caramel type candy, but in the middle of it, it has a, a white. Oh yeah, and not a cow tail, but it's it's those things. As kids, we used to goof on that. That when you ate that, it tasted like a movie screen. Like that inside part tasted like the movie screen smelled. Huh. Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, you haven't lived until you've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that watching the old home movies on that movie screen with the with yeah the, with that camera. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's cool. Um, and uh, and if you didn't have the movie screen, you just did it on the wall. You would just project it right onto the wall, find a white wall, and did that. Too. Yep, and you had to adjust like the 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 distance to get it to fit on the movie screen. You know. I wonder what happened to all those. I, I I'm wondering if I still have it. Have because I have stuff when when my mom passed away. Uh, I still I took a lot of the stuff and I have in that closet I have like tubs of things that were my mom's so I wonder if I still have some of those uh, was it 16 oh, I, millimeters? I, I know for sure like at my dad's house he's still in the closet it's probably the same closet it's probably in the same shelf that you know 8 millimeter projector and the whole movie screen setup I'm sure it's still there and with all the movies you like know even with, with tins even with the, the tins yeah even with the projector too you think it's there yeah, I think the whole thing is there. Yep, like just as it was. You could pull it out today and set it up, and it would work. Wow. See, that would be fun. That's a cool thing for you people to do that are home now and looking for something to do. Pull out your old 8-millimeter camera and watch some home movies. Yeah, if you have such a thing, right? Or even old like VHS or you know old camcorder like when kids were little, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, just fun to goof on. I mean, like you were saying with the band, like, dude, I got – probably no exaggeration between like 80 and a hundred tapes, you know, between videos and cassettes and VHS and shows and rehearsals and gigs. And, you know, just over the years, like you said, I mean, I used to always bring a camera and set up a tripod, you know, and then if I had my phone, I would set it up behind me and like tape it to the wall, you know, stand and, and tape it, you know, so, but the, you could still see what was going on and record like a drum cam footage, you know? Sure. Um, tons of stuff. Like you said, it's just, you know, to go back and find it all and organize it would be a mission in itself. But Yeah. 
I feel like that's a fun project that I'm doing now that, that I would like to continue and complete. And I would like to go through the audio tapes that I have too and do the same thing, digitize all that stuff. Because I know I have a lot of good stuff on, on cassette that I, would, that I don't have anywhere else that I would like to have to listen to. And then I can even go so far, because I, I watched uh, one, of the ta- one of the other tapes I watched was, uh, when I was going through was my band Little Sister, which was uh, late 80s, early 90s band. We were real good, uh, and we achieved a, a decent level of success, I would say. And I, I already have stuff that's digital uh, of that band, but I had another tape that uh, is, has not been digitized, and it, it's mainly because the, the video is it's shot from far away um, until like kind of three quarters away through the guy like kind of zoomed in a little bit. So ah. it's it's not, but it's still, I, it's it was still fun. I sat and watched the whole show. It's still fun for me to see what I was like on stage 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I mean, that's, that blows my mind right there. Just, it, yeah, it was, yeah. it was 19, it was 89, 90, probably this show. I, I'm going to say it was 89, March of 89, I think. Um, I don't, cause I don't have it labeled on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like watching the energy I had then, you know, like 30 years ago, I was, you know, 22 years old, uh, you know, 21, 22 years old. And I just like watching me on stage back then. I was like, damn, man, I don't do that stuff anymore. I just had a ton of energy, but I was still, you know, the band was so good and the songs were so good, but I have audio, um, studio, like stuff we did in the studio on, on cassette tape. So I can, I'd like to have that transferred to digital too, and get that out there for the internet uh, because, um, there's people that were fans of that band and that, that music is nowhere. So I I would like to do that and then set it up so I can have it on uh, like Amazon and iTunes and everything and, and have her mom, Janet's mom, make all the proceeds for that because she's yeah. uh, uh and I think she would she would like that. It wouldn't be a lot of money, but but at least have it go to her because she's the one that that uh, deserves it. Um but I would still like to have it, you know. I'd like to be able to play it on my Echo units of those songs cuz I still love them. I love the songs. She was a great song. Open up your linen closet and have that blasting out <laughs> of you. Yeah. Exactly. Coming out of my shower head. <laughs> <laughs> I turn on the shower and da, 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 do, do, do. no water shower water soon we'll be able to do that too we won't have to turn any knobs shower water 76 degrees yes water on uh, well they were saying like the whole future of the smart devices you know like all these um power over ethernet you know capabilities like if a hotel like if you were a traveler you know for business let's say and you stay at marriott all the time in the future, like when you check in, they'll say, "Yes, Mr. Witchell, uh, room seventeen oh five is your room tonight." And then, since you were there before, they will just hit a Steve Witchell program button, like from the memory bank of the last time you were there, and it will set like the lighting to the way you like it. It'll adjust the water temperature to the way that you like it. You know, it'll do all these things. You know, I want that now. I want that right now. Yeah, well, they're starting to build them, or they were, you know, before the whole COVID thing. But they, they, it is, it is here now. It's not like twenty years away. They're actually doing it, you know, right. now. Right. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. I like it. I really need a hot tub, man. I need to manifest a hot tub in my life. 
That would make my life so much better. <laughs> it really would, dude. Like, I'm surprised you don't have one in that backyard there. Or do you? You have the pool. No, I have a pool. Uh, no hot tub. You know, it takes up a lot of room, you know, for, for what the room I had. I didn't want to really take up, the, you know, the, the, the space on the deck with it, we'll say, because right. it is pretty big. You know what I mean? You, and then you'd have to almost make like a hot tub area. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm not really a hot tub guy, believe it or not. Really? You don't know what yeah. you're missing. Yeah, no, I, you know, growing up, my buddy had a hot tub, you know, at his parents' house. He had a big hot tub. You know, we used to go in there all the time with like 10 people, you know, have parties and everybody had a party. It was like, hot tub. My neighbor has one now. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's all right. That's funny how, how, because to me, I think hot, having a hot tub is one of the best thing, the biggest luxuries you could have in life to me. And to hear you say like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's because I think that everybody thinks that. That it's the biggest luxury to have in life is a hot tub. Once you yeah. like, you made it. If you have a hot tub, you made it. That's it. Well, it was kind of like the waterbed craze. You know, it was like, oh, dude, you have a waterbed. Like, oh, I got a waterbed, dude. My girlfriend yeah. has a waterbed. It's awesome. And I remember, like, my buddy, um, he had a big party one time. You know, and like he he had a waterbed, and his parents had a waterbed, and his sister had a waterbed, and like his parents were away. You know what I mean? We ended up crashing there, and I I got to sleep in a waterbed. And like, dude, after like. Two hours, I had to bail out of it. I was like, "This is not for me, man. It's not comfortable. It's not digging it." Yeah, I used to sleep in a waterbed. Yeah, it wasn't just wasn't wasn't my thing. You know, it wasn't comfortable for me. It was, I couldn't fall asleep. Right. I I I had my uh, I had my love hate relationship with the waterbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a hot tub is a whole different thing. It's like a pool, but it's hot, and you could, you could <laughs> it's sit. It's more a tub. <laughs> it's, more of a tub, it's more of a tub than a pool. A tub with seats, you know, than a pool with water. But they they got the ones with the cup holders now, and the you know the all these jets all over the place where you can you know and the cool different seating options in there. Oh yeah, that's you made it. You get a hot tub, you made it. <laughs> you made it. You know you've made it when you have a hot tub. Baby. Yeah. So that's that's really a goal of mine is to have a place where I have a hot tub. I like that soon. I want it now. You know, like now. So I will manifest that. Immediate some, manifestation somehow. of a hot tub. Yeah. I mean, I can't have a hot tub where in my apartment, obviously, inside my apartment, or anywhere outside. But I want my own hot tub. I don't want a community hot tub. That's especially with this, uh, you know, corona nonsense. Well, you could probably fit a, a hot tub on your patio out back. No. No? No. There'd be no way to get it into it because there's no access to the patio other than through my apartment well they make inflatable hot tubs now you no, know they don't stop it yes they do they, look it up inflatable hot tub yeah with the jets and everything and you hook up like you know there's a whole yeah dude they make them I'm telling you huh all right that's worth looking into investigate it check it out i don't know how i'd get water out to the Worst comes to worst, dude. You leave your hose out in the sun, you know, so it's real hot, and then you just go outside and put, like, a sprinkler on the end of it and just sit down <laughs> in a pool chair and blast it on you. You know, kind of be similar. That used to be fun as a kid, just running through the sprinkler. Come on, yeah. come on, put on the sprinkler so we can run through the sprinkler. Just get an extra deep kiddie pool and just, you know, hang out and cut some holes in the side, put some, you know, some, some heads in it with the hose and just crank it up. There's a what they call a splash park here in the apartments, and it's right across from my basically where my apartments are uh, where my where my apartment is there's a there's a, a building with the 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 mail room and there's and there's laundry in there and then right next to that there's a splash park and it's got all these like kind of trees of 
water different ways of spraying water out and you know in the summer right. they, they turn it on the kids go in the splash i would and it's always little kids out there but i always thought it'd be funny if i went out there in my bathing suit and just ran around in the splash park <laughs> like this big little kid just running around splashing the water some of your neighbors might be calling 911 but other than that it's probably a good idea or taking video and putting it on youtube yeah, look at this guy, dude. You, you know, you have to do that. You have to go there, do it like flippers and a, a goggles with a snorkel on. <laughs> snorkel, just, yeah. just roll up, you know, and be like, yeah, with one of those like little tubes around your waist with the duck head on it, and a t-shirt that's too small for me, and like yeah, ripped. like two and, sizes too small. Your belly's hanging like out. It's hanging like, out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. good. Right there, and like red shorts, red like gym, the old gym, the old gym shorts, the old yeah, gym with, shorts. With, Thing up the, 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 with the white edging on it. Right. Everybody had those. That's weird. <laughs> That's good stuff. The gym shorts. I hated gym back then. Oh, I hated gym back in, in junior high school. Oh, it's the worst. Dude, I remember grammar school was April Fool's Day, and we had to run like laps around, you know, like to the beginning of gym. You know, we'd run like laps around the auditorium. So I said to my buddy, I'm like, dude, watch this. I'm going to pull eight. Is Mrs. Patterson was the gym teacher's lady's name. And I'm like, what? I'm going to totally get her for april fools dude check this out so we're running and we're running we're running and like on the last lap i i fall down like purposely you know like crash down and i'm like ah oh, my leg i think i broke my leg like oh you know everyone stops and like ah oh, oh she comes over she's like oh my god i'm like april fools <laughs> she's like go to the office the principal's you, office now <laughs> go to the principal's office there was no <laughs> there was no and absolutely no humor found on her behalf of that prank, you know. That's a shame. Nor was the, the the sister Margaret, the nun who was the principal, was like, you know, she was, had this real thick, like, uh, she was from Boston, so she talked with the accent, you know. And she didn't find it amusing either. People get hurt all the time. It's not something to joke about, you know. It's like, oh, wow, we tolerated so much less uh, stuff back then than we do now. We tolerate so much of stuff. That's the biggest problem with us. And the biggest problem. I don't know. It's a problem. We tolerate too much stuff. We didn't tolerate stuff like that back then in the 70s. There was no tolerating that. Was, Go to the office immediately. And I'm like, what do you, my parents going to ground me because I, I goofed out in gym? Like, come on. Yeah. Now we got people with guns that are protesting going back to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to work. And then as soon as they get back to work, I hate my job. <laughs> um, my it it you know it, it, it really is comical, dude. It it's really good. is um nonsense. You know what I mean? Superficial nonsense. It's if nothing, if you don't invest in it emotionally, it's just interesting to watch. And that's the thing; everybody's invested emotionally in it, very passionately, yeah, right. passionately yeah. about their point of view on it. Make or break, you know. They're so passionate. Like, I mean, not just people that are protesting, but just people in general are so passionate about their point of view on everything, on the people involved in this and, and, and circumstances evolved around it. And, and just uh, people are so everybody thinks they're right, too. You know, and I, like I'm right about this thing. And here's my viewpoint on it. And if you don't agree with me, fuck you. And and I'm just sitting back like, I don't know. Like, dude, really? Like, come on, man. Like, you know. Like, I, I mean, I think I know certain things, but mostly, like, I don't know. Because some people are like, this might be, this is all a hoax that was created by some lab in China. Like, I don't know. 
I don't think so, but I don't know. I don't have any proof of that. Uh, so I wouldn't be super passionate about that, but everybody is. like, Or not everybody is, but a lot of people are. And they spend all their time and energy on that when they could be applying it to things that really matter in their life that could make a difference in their existence. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I That's get, the crazy part. And I get it, too, because I, I get into my uh, – my, uh, periods uh, where I, I I'm very passionate about something involving all this or whether it's about a person or a thing that's going on but I know how I'm very aware of how I feel and aware of my body and aware of how it makes me feel and if something starts to make me feel very uncomfortable internally then I know that it's not that I'm off path here that I'm out of alignment and and I I I know I'm self-aware enough to know that I need to stop doing whatever it is I'm doing to get myself back into alignment so and that's that's I feel fortunate that I I have that awareness and I wish yeah big time not a lot of people do just because you know because you you can tell in your body how your body feels if you know what you're thinking about uh, a lot and how it affects your body. You can feel it. You can just feel it physically. You know, like it'll give you a headache or give you a stomach ache or, or just make you feel uneasy. And it, it, the mind is a powerful thing, dude. You know, and we underestimate the real power that it has, you know, that our thoughts have and how what you think and believe really affects what, what happens to you, you know, and how, like you said, how you feel, you know? Yeah. How do you feel? That's a good barometer to for for uh, to know if you're in alignment. To simply just ask that to yourself: How do I feel? Yeah, do I feel good? Wait, and be honest with yourself. Going back to the beginning, right? What we were talking like about. Said, if, you, if you're aware, like you said, you can you can tune into that, and you can you can feel when when you're not in tune or you're not on the right frequency. Awareness and take responsibility for it. That's the biggest hurdle for everybody taking responsibility for everything that's going around on around them in their lives, including other people and other people's behavior is your responsibility because people will react to you based on your thoughts and actions, words and actions, I should say. Um, so if you change that, then you're going to change the outcome from other people as well. So you're responsible for them too. And, you know, you don't have to go... Because people do that and then start to beat themselves up about it, too. And that's not the way to go, either. Just be det detach emotionally from it. And then just look at it, try to look at it as an observer. That's where the secret is, man. That's the key to all this, I think. Is to be a, a passive observer of your own existence? Yeah. And take responsibility for it without judgment. Do not judge it. And do not... Let the other people's perceived judgment creep in, too, because that affects people, too. What are people going to think of me, about me? And that goes for good things and bad things equally. Because, like, you know, you, if you post something on Facebook, and I do it, and I, I'm aware that I'm doing this, something that's good, I'm doing it because I want some sort of reaction for people. I want approval or I want recognition. Um and if anybody thinks that that's not true about themselves, they're lying to themselves. Everybody wants to be recognized. Yes, yeah, the ego. 
you know? Yeah. But once you observe it, you recognize it and, and detach from it, me, detach any meaning, you know, don't, don't make it mean something. Like, oh, I only got nine lights. Don't make that mean something, you know? It, and when you detach from it, you actually get the result that you were looking for. Well, I think that's the issue too, right? People are posting things to see how many likes they get, you know, as opposed to posting something, you know, for a different reason, like the greater good of it may help someone else, you know, and not get recognition for your own self, you know, and that's a big difference there. You know, I think the satisfaction, if you post something that you know is going to maybe help somebody, you're not looking for recognition for doing it, you know what I'm saying? So you're there not looking every, you know, 10 minutes to see how many likes it got. Yeah, that's a good lesson for me to do, to remind myself of too. Now that we're talking about it, because I've been really hammering home the the uh, the Facebook Live thing and the the way to do it, and you know I've written articles about it and I did a meme about it, like you're trying to get this information to people, and it's been right. frustrating to me that it's not reaching people as as many people as I want, or nearly as many people as I want, and um. And I, ha I, I have had a grip on that, and I'm glad I'm just realizing that right now. I kind of realized it before, but now that I'm talking it out, it helps to, to let go of the need for that. And it's not about the need for likes or need for approval. It's just the need. I have a need f for everybody to know this stuff just to kind of that, – that's how I'm feeling, just to kind of improve the overall scene. Um, but sure. I need to just kind of allow to – allow it to – breathe and 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 disseminate on its own perhaps and not be so uh gripping tightly to it hold on loosely but don't let go if you cling too tightly you're going to lose control the wisdom of 38 special and what a great way to close out the wisdom hour episode number 90 something 94 and agreed CoverbandCentral.com. Go, you can still sign up. Um, and a lot of activity on Facebook still all the time. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.